0: (laughs) I know me too All right, let me start by uh, saying my name is Mitch and I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ I'm in recovery for uh, drugs and alcohol and all of the the horrible things that come with it Um, Let me pray real quick Uh, Lord God, again, I'm super humbled that you would actually uh, keep me alive to share your story and what you have done in my life uh, by transforming me through the working of the steps, yielding to you and abandoning myself to you, so i 'd like to pray for anybody here tonight that uh, may be here for the first time that they would hear something that would prick their heart and uh, want them allow them to want some of what I got. Thanks to you. I love you in Jesus name. Oh, glasses. Again, I said, uh, there's a scripture I'd like to read real quick. It's, uh, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. That's James 1, 2, and 3. And again, my name is Mitch, and I'm a very grateful believer in Jesus Christ, who's in recovery from drug drug addiction, alcoholism, and I can compulsively overeat, too. It's another drug, that sugar. Um, I fully accept responsibility for all my bad choices and my behaviors. Uh, my life started in Hayward, California, in 1969, where I grew up with my a mother, a father, a sister, and a brother. Uh, and gratefully, my parents are still married today, and they have been for uh, over 55 years. Uh, what a good example to, to see. Um, and we do have a wonderful, uh, great relationship now. And gratefully, I'm still in contact with my brother and sister as well. Uh, in the 1970s, I had developed ADHD and it was not handled properly due to the lack of awareness. Uh, ADHD is a constant challenge to work through. Uh, Anyone who has it knows what I mean. And if you want to learn what adults and children go through with ADHD, I would ask that you would uh, do a little research on that. Um, And how can a a five-year-old kid with an untreated mental disorder that nobody knows anything about learn to cope? I had no idea what to do with myself. Unfortunately, I was labeled as being a troubled kid. Making friends was very hard and being made fun of was normal In kindergarten if I sat through the whole five-minute kindergarten story uh, The teacher would put me up in front of the class and everybody would uh, clap for me Those actions made me feel super strange because nobody else was being displayed up in front of the class and clapped for consequently I learned how to manipulate through that experience. I made it a point to never sit through another story to avoid getting singled out. Uh, one day when I was six, about six and seven years old, I, w- I was out riding my bike in the apartment complex that we lived at and I was lured into a large hollowed out pine tree that was, it was basically like a clubhouse on the inside. Uh, the, two, the two teenage girls decided they would pick me to sexually experiment with. I remember it as if it were yesterday, how excited, shocked, and afraid I became through that experience. How does a six-year-old with a mental disorder cope with the feelings associated with such a life-altering and traumatizing act? In my head, it was uh, more confirmation that something was definitely off with me. Um, I always felt like an odd kid and like I did not fit in with anyone uh, I was in turmoil in my head and did not know how to cope with any of it. Nobody really talked about God in my home and if they did, I don't remember it. Uh, What I knew of God was a priest who was talking from behind a mesh screen that I was supposed to be honest with and tell them all the bad things I did and go on my way. And a nun who would chase me around with a ruler as a boy around the classroom. I do remember her getting very upset because she could not catch me. (laughs) Dusted her. I would, I, would da- I would see my dad drink, uh, drink beer and smoke cigarettes on my way to school. That, this is when he got home after working a graveyard shift that he worked on, at for like 35 years. Uh, and sadly, the only time it seemed as if I was getting any, any attention from my father is when he was beating my bare bottom with a belt for 30 minute long sessions. I would get three to four hard cracks and then he would talk for a few minutes and that cycle would repeat. Um, my mom would get very angry at my dad for spanking me so hard. Uh, Unfortunately, as a boy, I never heard those words from my father, I love you. There was no affection displayed between my parents or us children. My mother was a loving mother, did her best, and cared well for us kids. And I do understand that my parents did their best regardless of of what they were taught as a dysfunctional family. Uh, Family cycles of dysfunction are a reality for everybody. Everybody unless the cycle is broken through working recovery and allowing the Lord to change everything. The first time that I changed the way I felt with a chemical was from smoking, this is gross, smoking a Pall Mall non-filter cigarette at the age of eight. Uh, boy, was that horrible and something I hated. Uh, at the age of nine and 10, I started hanging out with much older boys and this event is when I smoked weed and drank alcohol for the first time. And unexpectedly, I did not feel like such an oddball as the substances kicked in. I finally felt like I belonged and fit in somewhere, and at the age of 12, I would uh, get alcohol poisoning. So I started to get into a lot of fights at school and stuff due to my self-centered fears, Um, and this is how I would act when fearful, which fear turned into anger at like the snap of a finger. Uh, I had to stand up to bullies to protect myself, and I ended up also protecting weaker kids uh, from bullies as well. And while in middle school, my cousin, Richard, who was more like a brother to me, suddenly died at the age of 13. I felt sad, lost, and alone. I had no idea how to cope other than take chemicals. I would drink and use drugs to numb the pains of my life and to fit in with other kids. In high school, drinking on drugs became almost a daily occurrence. I would take a bottle of hard liquor with, in my equipment bag to football games and we would drink and do drugs on the bus on the way back to school. Uh, I got arrested for the first time at 15, uh, 15 years old for the possession of stolen firearms with the intent to sell them. Uh, I I was sent to the maximum security section of the juvenile detention facility in Alameda County. This event kicked off my criminal behaviors revolving around getting and using chemicals. During high school, I hid behind sports and females to fit in, and it helped me to feel accepted. I excelled at football, and the coach had me on the field as much as possible. I loved taking my anger out onto my opponents. Sadly, I maliciously hurt two quarterbacks and took them out for the season with broken bones. I would look out in the crowd to see if my dad were at my games, um, which I do remember seeing him a few times. For a short period, this was on his way to work. Uh, I felt as if I was not good enough for my father's love. Due to recovery, God, and a changed heart, I hold nothing against my father, he did his best. My mom and my uncle Bill did come to support me as much as they could. At the age of 19 is when I went into my first rehab. I got out and I failed miserably as I was not ready to give up all the fun I thought I was having. Uh, I was in denial about having issues. I ended up homeless and on the streets and living in my car. And at this time I met up with an old girlfriend and not too long after rehab and at the age of 19, Uh, my oldest daughter, you know, nine months later, my oldest daughter, Brianna, was born. And after a three-year violent relationship with Brianna's mom, I wanted out. And Michelle told me that if I did not marry her, I would never see my child. And I told her that I would not marry a violent woman. Michelle moved five times over the next uh, few years, but not without me tracking her down every time. I wanted to see my daughter, but she would not let me see her and she also refused child support from me. She told me that if she took my support, she would have to let me see my daughter. I had joint legal and physical custody, but that made no difference. In 1992, Michelle abducted my daughter, who I still have no relationship with to this day. I've tried to get to know her, but it's in God's hands as she doesn't want, want to get to know me. By the age of 23, I'd gotten myself into a lot of trouble and I was on probation in three different counties and in and out of jails. I was headed to prison. In 1993, I was, I was at the court for a violent probation violation offense and the judge stuck me in solitary confinement out at uh, Santa Rita. Uh, the judge told me that if, when I get out, if I spit on the sidewalk, that I would be in prison for 10 years. Uh, after thinking lar- hard, and long, locked alone in a cell, I knew that I needed to change my life, but I did not know how that was gonna be possible. So a book cart went around and an old beat up book held together with rubber bands, peace with God jumped out at me for some reason. After reading the book, there was a chapel call. I went and I received a message that I took very seriously. I cried out to Jesus and I was saved by my Lord that day in the chapel at Santa Rita. I I literally felt something rush through me and I felt washed off and clean. I cried for like over an hour like I had never had in my life. Um, I was at that time fully delivered of smoking, drinking, shooting meth, cursing, fighting, chasing women and a lot of my old thoughts were were changed. Uh, My mom was shocked to see the new me and she could tell that Jesus got hold of me. I would not drink, use or hardly curse for the next seven and a half years. Also, when I got out of jail, uh, a friend of mine called me to notify me that a girl that I slept with and shared needles with, uh, she died of AIDS. I was scared to death and I went through the next year and a half of getting tested every six months to see if I contracted the virus. But God had mercy on me and I did not contract HIV. Incredible. I started attending church heavily and that is where I met my lovely wife, Cindy, uh, at, and this is at East Bay Faith Center. We were married in 1994, and were blessed with two wonderful kids. I was holding down a good job and was doing okay, but I did not stay connected, and I stopped applying God's word and principles to my life. Uh, I went to the church most of the time. I went to church most of the time, but I was not doing much else to allow God to transform me. I dropped my power source, and I was relying on me. Without the help of Jesus, I have no power to change. How can I be of service to the Lord and others if I do not do the work that he expects? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also, James 14, 26. I was in a motorcycle crash in 2001, and I started taking pain pills, and a sleeping dragon was awakened. I would become heavily addicted to Oxycontin, Norcos, muscle relaxers, and I was drinking again as well. After returning to work and getting several work injuries uh, and surgeries, um, the pain medication would go on for a set, seven more years. I became heavily overweight, depressed and full of self-pity. No matter how hard I tried to confess and pray my emotional struggles and addictions away, get prayed for and ask God to take it from me, it would never happen, because I would never admit that I had a problem to myself and I just wanted that quick fix like I got in Santa Rita in 1993. Uh, Being heavily addicted to the oxies and alcohol in 2005, my pastor, a friend, and my wife did an intervention on me and I went into a treatment center. I got out again and did okay for a while, but I did not work the steps and, and do what the treatment center said to do. Once again, I was not relying on God. I started using again and I got kicked out of my house. This cycle repeated itself, excuse me, and after I moved back in, I was kicked out once again and separated from my wife and kids. What a dysfunctional and pitiful cycle of insanity for my wife and children to go through. In 2007, I would seek help once again, and I started attending Celebrate Recovery at Neighborhood Church and Big Valley Grace. I started intimately connecting with God again through the working of the steps in a step study. I got involved in working the steps with an accountability team, a sponsor and a sponsor. Um, I did get, underwent a lot of internal changes at that time. I met men that I still talk to today and have grown very close with, uh, namely David F. and David G. Uh, and I have many other brothers that I have met through CR and AA. I have built real lifelong friendships, which I've never been able to do in any other way. I finally met people that were like me, and above that, I started to get honest, as honest as I could. Uh, we shared secrets with one another. I shared some stuff, but not everything. Out of shame and guilt, I kept some secrets that ended up almost killing me. I found out the hard way that keeping secrets can and does keep you sick. You can't heal a wound by saying it's not there, Jeremiah six fourteen. In recovery, it is imperative to be honest, but particularly in the fourth and and fifth steps for me, as these were the most difficult. I felt guilt and shame about the sexual abuse and irresponsible sexual acts that I carried out. My walls of protection were standing tall. I had trust issues as well. It is vital to be thoroughly honest and to continue the same level of honesty throughout the rest of the steps. Please do not hide any secrets, as they will keep you in bondage, stall your growth, and possibly kill you. I finally fully accepted that I am in recovery from addictions and alcohol abuse, and I cannot do recovery alone. I have, I have full awareness of my addictions and my compulsive behaviors. I need to always be reminded of where I came from. First, I need Jesus every day, not just when I, you know, those 911 prayers. Um, I need, and I need other people. Uh, to walk through recovery with me. I was concentrating uh, on my marriage and treating my wife as she deserves, uh, but I started let, to let up working on a program. There must be balance in life, and recovery must come first. I am a slow-learning, hard-headed person. And again, I started to veer away from God's principles and thought I could handle life on my own. This is, this, I, this is a great example of why I need to admit that I will always need to work on my compulsive behaviors and character defects i claim spiritual progress never spiritual perfection and will never be cured of my flaws uh, but they are manageable when i stay in fit spiritual condition uh, and when a personal issue surfaced in my marriage i became fearful angry and resentful and when that happens i beca- i can become very vengeful and want to cause harm especially when i'm not maintaining my spirituality who am i to get get so justified in my anger after all the harm I caused for so many years. I can justify anger, especially when I'm not spiritually fit. The saying is true that hurt people hurt people. The fears, resentments, selfishness, self-delusions, and self-centeredness are all glaring character defects that require daily prayer and allowing God to help me. I like to give up things and take them back at times. Had I been doing what I learned, I would have never let the fears turn into anger, which turned into resentment, then self-righteous, justified anger, and that that woe, self-pity. I should have called my sponsor or accountability people, but chose to use my heart as a guide rather than practice the principles and forgiveness. Again, in Jeremiah 17, 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who could know it? I would start to use alcohol again and in November 2014 I got a DUI. I reached that spot of pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization once again. I had to have my wife and son come at 1.30 in the morning to get my truck on the night before my son's first football game of his senior year. As they pulled up I was sitting on the bumper of a cop car embarrassed with handcuffs on and once again I harmed those who I loved the most. Sadly, I drank for another four months after the DUI, but I knew things had to change. I returned to Celebrate Recovery uh, and Alcoholics Anonymous uh, in March of 2015. I would go the next two years completely sober. Um, I got injured working again and ended up having a total, total shoulder replacement surgery. Uh, once again, I stopped talking to my sponsor and working the steps, and I would end up addicted to pain medications again. When the doctor discontinued the medications, I went to the streets for heroin. Uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Proverbs twenty-six, eleven says, like a dog that returns to his own vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. In August of 2018, my wife would find me almost, almost dead from a heroin overdose on the bathroom floor. Uh, my wife, who would not normally stay home from work, especially on a Tuesday, decided that out of the blue, She did not feel like she should go to work that day, and she found me minutes away from death. Had she gone to work, my son would have found me dead when he got home from his job. To me, these are known as godsidents. I do not believe such events are a mere coincidence. Pitifully and incomprehensibly demoralized once again, and at this time, waking up in the ICU with tubes coming out of my throat and strapped to a bed with IVs in both arms. My family and friends, were were there wondering whether I would live. I thought this would would be a wake-up call and one would think that such an event would wake somebody up from themselves, but I kept using the opiates after I got home. Addiction is cunning, baffling, and powerful. In a moment of clarity, I heard the small voice tell me, it's time to get back on the right path. I started to cut back and taper off the opiates to avoid being crippled from the sickness and the withdrawal. Uh, and I have been free of opiates since January 15th of 2019. So, yeah. So, yeah, I just, thank you. It's all because of God. Yeah, I just hit four years. And I have not touched alcohol since March 31st of 2015. So, God willing. Yeah. God willing, it'll be eight years this, this March. That's his will for me for sure, is to stay sober. I would end up almost dying, man, I'm sick. I would end up almost dying again in January 2019 from not watching my blood sugars. I'm diabetic. You know, you're supposed to watch your blood sugars when you're like that and not eat candy. But I was overeating sweets coupled with catching a virus that turned into pneumonia. The combination of all these things had pushed my blood sugars over 650 I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I was paralyzed and I could hardly move. The doctor said, had I waited much longer, I would not be here today. My heart would have gave up. Uh, God and my wife saved me again. Cindy forced me to go to the ER because in my infinite wisdom, I just said I wanted to lay down and let it go away. Dumb, huh? <laughs> Dumb man. I have fully surrendered to God and recovery. I went to the doctors and I told them I can never have opiates which is a huge step of faith to red flag myself, and I need that as a form of accountability. I'm done relying on my self-will, keeping secrets, and having reservations. I am eating healthier and watching my blood sugars now. Um, I have yet to get back to the gym, but I did get a bicycle, which I'll start riding soon now that the weather's turning. Procrastination, (laughs) P word, right? I have a healthy fear of being hurt while working out. Uh, Steps eight and nine tell me that I get to make amends for all of the harm that I have done to anyone, no matter how big or small. Uh, Step 10 says that I get to do a daily inventory and continue to make prompt amends any time I do or say something that is harmful to another person. The biggest amends that I could make would be to live out the rest of my life sober and die peacefully and usefully whole while helping others as the good Lord asks of me, which is another part of step 12. Oh boy, this part might get me. Okay, let me share an amazing story of God's grace and love and how the principles of recovery work. Uh, From the ages of 13 to 23, I had many sexual encounters. And by the age of 19, I had got three different girls pregnant. At At 16, two of them, at the ages, two of them were 16 and they both had abortions. The thought of being involved in the taking of an innocent life haunted me for many de- several decades. I could not help but wonder what they would have looked like and how they would have turned out. A few years ago, I wrote letters to the two aborted babies and then I read them as part of the healing process so God could remove the guilt and shame that I carried for so many decades. Here I am, it's almost 35 years later and I had finally faced the issue. I asked my wife to join me, uh, we laid a baby blanket on the couch i read the letters to the babies and then my wife and i carried shared a tearful sorry tearful embrace real men show their emotions by the way i'm just saying This event is one of the most heart-wrenching things that I've ever faced, but it is also the mo- one of the most miraculous things as well. I felt so free after doing my part. God has once again done for me what I could never do, do for myself. I felt the biggest weight lift from me that moment when I stuck the letters in the uh, shredder. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. I was like... Phew. Being in recovery, if I lose conscious contact with God and rely on my human knowledge, guilt and shame can, may eat me alive. If I allow it, I am my own biggest nightmare. As stated in the big book of AA, I have a daily reprieve that's contingent upon the maintenance and enlargement of my spiritual condition. I can do, do this through conscious contact with Jesus, working the steps, going to church, and participating in mine and other people's recovery. Through hard lessons, many chances, fully surrendering, and step work, my broken thinking has been changed for God's glory. When life shows up, and it will, I can rely on Jesus, my wife, my sponsor, my accountability brothers, and fellow addict alcoholics in the rooms, men I sponsor, and other friends that God put in my path so we can support one another. Isaiah 42.6 says, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. To maintain my sobriety and continuous growth, I am in service by doing the CR and side side ministry, excuse me, which is finally starting back up. We've been out of it for like three years. So I'm stoked that it's coming back. Um, I facilitate CR meetings, I, I haven't been to AA meeting in a while, but, you know, I'm doing AA meetings here and there. Uh, volunteer for the counseling ministry at Big Valley Grace as a lay counselor. and Volunteer in Rock Solid Kids, and I sponsor others. I will continue working with other people, and I will continue to share my story. I have been through seven step studies at this point, and one may ask, why so many step studies? And I would say if I wanted to see continued growth and recovery, God will keep revealing flaws and help me change them into assets. One can never be too spiritual and gain too many valuable tools. It is indescribable how well working a recovery program peels off the scales of denial. AA and Celebrate Recovery help to develop new relationships and cultivate existing ones while also continuing to build up support teams. I have finished, I finished my bachelor's degree about a year and a half ago or so, and I have a bachelor's of science in human services management, all right? With a a certificate in addictions, and I finished with a 3.85 GPA, which means I graduated with honors. That's that's all God, because my my brain's a little burned out, so that's all God. (laughs) I started the master's program now and I'm getting a master of science in Christian counseling for substance use and other disorders. And right now, I'm, I have about a year left and my GPA is at a 3.97. Job, man. Crazy. I never even showed up to class when I was younger. It's pretty pretty <laughs> cool. There is a God in heaven and boy, does he love us all. God always does for me what I cannot do for myself, which are things like being able to get up in front of people and get vulnerable he is especially faithful when i seek him asking to help me be free of the fe- of fears self-seeking motives and other defects step 11 says sought through prayer and meditation to maintain conscious contact with god praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out that step is unusually is is very significant to me because i lack a lack of conscious contact means i'm relying on myself and by planning only 24 hours at a time and asking God daily as many times during the day as needed for him to help direct my thinking, recovery and life are manageable. I thank the Lord for my never quit and tenacious personality. Uh, By continuing to focus on what I can do for others, continuous growth is the result. If I am thinking of other people, I have a way less chance of being thinking about me and being selfish. And it also reminds me... Uh, To ask God who may he have me be of service to and help today Uh, This is when I meet the Lord in the sunlight of his spirit One thing I know for sure is that God has a plan for me and he really wants to see that fulfilled Uh, This is how much he loves me and all of you Part of his plan for me is to give back what has freely been given to me Which is another part of uh, step 12 Jesus sent me an angel to keep watch over me, and she's my beautiful and loving partner for 30 years now, and my wife for 28. Crazy, right? (laughs) Cindy, I love you, and I am grateful the Lord blessed me with you as my wife. Uh, Cindy, you and the kids went through way more than you deserve, and if, if we keep working on recovery, our future will stay loving and accepting of one another's flaws. I love you, Brittany and Zachary, and I am proud to be your father. Uh, Recovery and Jesus have changed my thinking, saved my marriage, restored my relationship with my parents and with my children. In time, God can repair the damages, and in many ways, he already has. Allow me to explain an analogy. When a family is destroyed by a tornado like myself, through the amends process, it may take many years to repair the destruction and thus some parts may never get repaired. Jesus repairs the parts that need to be. I will continue to do my part, and I know Jesus is faithful to do his. I never want to forget what God has brought me through, so I will never stop admitting I am powerless over these things. I feel extremely blessed because so many alcoholics, addicts, and compulsive overeaters do not live long to tell their stories, and they do not get the many chances that I have been given. I truly believe deep in my soul that God did not do another divine intervention and deliver me like he did in Santa Rita that day because he wanted to teach me how to surrender and fully submit to him. This is so a slow learning process could take place about how beautifully the Lord and the steps of recovery work. I pray that everybody can come to understand what I have come to understand, but that they may not suffer the heartache and cause the damage that I have. Thankfully, God never wastes a hurt being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 1.6. To anybody new, returning, or you've been here for a while, never give up on yourself because God will never give up on you. If you are, if you are new and still decide if you need recovery, keep coming back. Do not quit until you, the miracle happens. What do you have to lose? To anyone returning from more research projects... Uh, if you find, or been here for years, if you find stinking thinking and bad habits coming back, get into a step study. Use your sponsor if you have one. It is highly suggested to get one if you don't. Take their suggestions as if your life depends on it. I'm almost done. All right. And like your well, life depends on it and never stop. Always remember he who sponsors himself has an idiot for a sponsor. I should know, being my own sponsor, more times than I could recall. <laughs> CR C- and other programs are designed to be with other like minded people and for the rest of our lives. None of us graduate from being a human. You will never make better friends, find a more honest group of people, and there is no place on the planet like the Rooms of Recovery. Thank you for letting me share.